And the Oscar goes to Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my God, finally! My idol deserves this. He has waited for this for so long. Wait, wait, wait. He's giving his speech. Climate change is real. It is happening right now. It is the most urgent threat facing our entire species. Oh my gosh, he is right. I admire him for speaking out about his cause. He has always been near and dear to him. Well, actually, I find it strange that he's such a strong advocate for climate change. Huh? Why? Because didn't his character die from an iceberg in Titanic? He should be mad at icebergs. And global warming melts all the icebergs. Welcome to Banana Key Podcast. One of the more popular movies from Netflix last year was Don't Look Up, in which two astronomers played by Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. But the impact event is actually an allegory for climate change. And the film is a satire of government, political, celebrity, and media indifference to the climate crisis. So that is our topic for today, the climate crisis. Hmm. But what really is, is there scientific evidence supporting climate crisis? Like I've heard of this in the news. Well, is there really proof that we have such a crisis is global warming or climate change really real the first time i've heard of it was al gore's inconvenient truth you've heard of that kind of documentary yeah isn't that an old one from is it early 2000s yeah. or 90s i don't remember early 2000s okay. yeah i think i was in high school back then mm-hmm. it was the first time and yes there are compelling evidences that in the, it is in fact real so first was global temperature rising so they've kind of taken Global temperatures, and if you take a look at the past, say, 20 years, it's rising at, at a, uh, an alarming state. And because global temperatures are rising, oceans are become warmer. Mm-hmm. And you would think, okay, isn't that something nice that when you swim in the beach, you know, the ocean is warm. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> the bad effect of that is some species of fish, right, are actually not they don't like warm ocean, and so, you know, we risk losing all of them. They die. And I think the more kind of grave situation that we want to avoid is ice sheets shrinking mm. or the the melting of the Antarctic and the Arctic. Yeah. yeah. That sounds even more dangerous, right? Especially for Philippines, where we have a lot of islands. Can you imagine if the polar caps melt and so oceans kind of rise? Mm then a lot of islands in the Philippines kind of are at risk of disappearing, yeah. Some people might say, but there's no ice caps near the Philippines, so why should that be my concern? That's not how it works, guys, because the ocean is connected, right? So what happens in the polar ice caps far away will still affect the Philippines. Aside from the melting of polar ice caps, the more tangible evidence is extreme events like weathers have become very extreme like i think the biggest one in in recent history was typhoon hagibis mm, yeah typhoons are becoming stronger 
especially for countries that are close to big bodies of water. Like Philippines, mm-hmm. we are very near the Pacific Ocean, and so we are not strangers to typhoons. And the typhoons that we've experienced are becoming stronger and stronger. Yeah. So that's just gonna continue with the warming of the Earth. So actually, there is an article on Earth.org, which states 11 facts about climate change. Okay, one, we are certain that we have caused it. We, I don't mean we, Ray and me, not just us, but the humans, right? So IPCC kicks off its latest report with the following statement. It is unequivocal that human influence has warmed the atmosphere, ocean, and land. How are we so certain? It took a while, but climate modeling is now refined enough to predict how things would go without human influence within a margin of error. What we are observing today is beyond that margin of error, therefore proving that we have driven the change, which is sad, right? Like, before humans, mm. the world was okay. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> and we come, and because of the Industrial Revolution and all that, we are so distractive. Mm. And knowing that we have caused it, of course, the solution also should come from us. Exactly. Right? We need to take action. Mm-hmm. It's our fault, so we need to... <laughs> We need to do something to fix it. Yep. The second one is the last decade was the hottest in 125,000 years. Wow. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Our calendar is only up to year 2020. <laughs> but <laughs> according to this, the last decade has been the hottest in more than 100,000 years. And according to this, we've been oscillating between glacial or the ice age and warmer interglacial periods. For about a hundred thousand years, but now we have reached temperatures similar to those before glacial periods became a thing. Oh wow! So that means if we heat up the Earth so much, it goes out of control. Potentially, the next one will be ice age. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because there's it cycles, right? The third one is hmm. the ocean absorbs most of the heat we produce. A 2019 study found that it had sucked up 90% of the heat gained by the planet between 1971 and 2010. Another found that it absorbed mm. 20 sextillion joules of heat in 2020, or two Hiroshima bombs per second. What it's saying is that the ocean absorbs most of the heat, and as you said earlier, right, it becomes mm. warmer, and that results to death of certain species. Mm. Death of certain species that are in the ocean, but also kind of if you think about those animals that depend on the ice caps. Mm, oh yeah, like I've seen animals, polar bears, you know, mm. clinging on to very small ice. Quite sad. Yeah. yeah, and also coral reefs. They are also sensitive to temperature mm. levels, so many are dying off. And yeah. if they die, then the, again the animals relying on them also would die. And so on, right? Mm. We are at the we are also impacted by that because we are at the top of the food chain. So somewhere along mm. the way, we're going to lose food. That's right. And the next one is carbon dioxide is at its highest in two million years. Whoa! I was already surprised <laughs> by one hundred twenty-five thousand, but now our CO two levels are actually at its peak mm. in two million years. So. According to this, pre-industrial CO2 levels were around 280 parts per million or ppm. Today we are at 420. Oh wow! Wow, that's significant. Yeah, that's like almost 
double. Yes. And I, I suppose we are very dependent on fossil fuels, right? If you think about our recent history, mm. mankind has evolved so much, you know, with technology. Can you imagine not having a train, mm. having to walk to the office every day? Of course, we have advanced so much, but comes a side effect. Like we've been burning fossil fuel and all that goes to the atmosphere. Yes. And that is why CO2 levels are at its peak in 2 million years. Oh, wow. Yeah. The fifth one is we are losing 1.2 trillion tons of ice each year. So you mentioned the polar ice caps, mm. right? So it's saying mm. that since the mid-1990s, we have lost around 28 trillion tons of ice with today's melt rate standing at 1.2 trillion tons a year. So to help you put that into perspective, the combined weight of all human-made things is 1.1 trillion tons. That's about the same weight as all living things on Earth. So oh, wow. that's a lot, right? <laughs> if you put that into context. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Now maybe we should ask Elsa and Anna <laughs> to reconstruct <laughs> the... <laughs> South Pole and North Pole, right? Yeah. Please, Elsa, help yeah, us. Yeah, help us, Elsa. <laughs> Maybe she will just reply, let it go, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Can't help you anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. Next one is air pollution is both bad and good. Hmm? How can air pollution be good? Mm. Well, let's read. So... We recently found out that air pollution kills more than 10 million people per year. What? More than 10 million people per year. That's a lot. Far more than the estimated 4.4 million that have died from COVID at the time of writing. Developing hotspots in South Asia and Africa. Ah, yeah. Mm. When we were studying, I remember we termed this as El Nino. Oh, no, sorry. This is not warming. <laughs> it's air pollution. Yeah, it's different. No. <laughs> so it's about kind of inhaling... It's that contaminants mm. that destroy your lungs. I, but I didn't realize it was this drastic, like 10 million people per year. But the good thing about air pollution is uh, we're not saying that, you know, having those 10 million people die is a good <laughs> thing, but there is kind of a silver lining to it. Mm. So air pollution actually reflects back sun's heat that got trapped. So in effect, it's helping us cool down Earth. Does that make sense? Ah, uh, yes. I suddenly remembered mm. something. Wasn't there a trivia about mm. how the eruption of Mount Pinatubo contributed mm. to the cooling of the earth, as you mentioned? Did you know about that? Ah, yeah. So yes. there, there is yes, that yes, yes, yes. tidbit, which is interesting, right? Because is it mm. like something about the sulfur reaching the atmosphere and because mm. it was such a high explosion or whatever, and then it contributed to the cooling of the entire earth? Maybe it's the Earth's way of, say, defending it from further damage, right? Uh, try to think of volcanoes as its immune system. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm too hot. And so the volcano erupts and it helps shield the Earth from <laughs> further heat. Maybe. And some people would have even said, right, that the pandemic was also kind of the Earth's immune system reacting because it forced... <laughs> Everyone to stay home, so that means there was less pollution, mm. right? Not not a lot of people going out and driving their cars mm. and whatnot. Who knows? Maybe Gaia, knows? the spirit Could of the be. earth, yeah. did that. Okay. Gaia. <laughs> <laughs> so we can now attribute natural disasters to human-driven climate change with certainty. 
So you mentioned those typhoons, right? So it's the fault of mm. humans again. So this hasn't always been the case. A lack of data and refined techniques for de detecting attribution made it hard to tell how much we had to do with each extreme weather event. But now we can tell with precision how much likelier we made things like the North American Summer 2021 heat wave, which the world weather attribution says was virtually impossible without climate change. Next one is global warming is at least partially reversible. Well, this is a good thing. If global net emissions were entirely ceased, the warming we've caused would gradually reverse. But other climate changes would continue for at least decades. For example, sea level rise would take several centuries or even mil a millennia to reverse its course. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah, okay. I mean, if it's really, we're bound to that direction, then at least slow it down, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but then that needs help, right? We need to do something, basically. Mm. And the number nine is we lost 302.4 billion work hours to excessive heat in 2019. If you've ever been in humid Southeast Asia on a hot August day, you'll know that working outdoors with shade is barely feasible and without simply dangerous. A report from The Lancet found that the number of work hours lost to heat increased from 199 billion in 2000 to 302 billion in 2019. That is equivalent of 436,969 average human lifetimes in 2019 alone. What? What? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, in the Philippines, it's very hot. We can relate to this, right? Mm, in the Philippines. Yeah. Sometimes like it's too hot. And I, I feel bad like for, for some people, they don't actually have a choice because mm. their work is actually, you know, they it demands them to be situated outside. But yeah. Sometimes it's just close to impossible. Yeah. Like the heat, how? How can you survive? Yeah, and in the Philippines, we didn't really have aircon at home, right? So, mm. yeah, it's really hard to work. Mm. And a corollary to that tidbit is number 10. It could become too hot to live in many places by the end of the century. Oh, no. Mm. This may be the most catastrophic of all climate change facts. As of now, only 0.8% of the planet's land surface has mean annual temperatures above 29 degrees Celsius, mostly in the Sahara Desert and Saudi Arabia. Well, we can always imagine that. But then a study called Future of the Human Niche found that by 2070, oh, which is in 50 years, under a high emission scenario, these unbearable temperatures could expand to affect up to 3 billion people. Can you imagine mm. Philippines becoming like a Sahara or like a Saudi Arabia type desert? Yeah, that's horrible. That means people are going to suffer because if it's at that situation, mm. you won't be able to grow crops. There's like a, a mm. snowballing effect. Okay, snowball is actually cold, but anyway, you know what I mean, right? So... <laughs> So, yeah, so that is horrible. And actually, there are places even right now, like, was it Canada recently that mm -hmm. the heat increased by a lot and the people are not used to that, right? And a lot of people died of heat strokes. Mm. Yeah, heat stroke is a thing, yeah. And the last one is the cost of inaction is higher than the opposite. So on the current path, climate change could end up costing us 11 to 14% of the global GDP by mid-century. Regression into a high-emission scenario would mean an 18% loss while staying below 2 degrees Celsius would reduce the damage to only 14%. Mm. 
it has been proposed that ending climate change would take between 300 billion and 50 trillion over the next two decades. Even if 50 wow. trillion is a price tag, that comes down to 2.5 trillion a year or just over 3% of the global GDP. So, yeah, so that's the 11 facts about climate change. But aside from these facts, there are other sources of information. And <laughs> one popular media is, of course, movies like the Don't Look Up that we mentioned in the intro. Well, aside from that movie, there are actually a sev several other films that highlight the effects, like dystopian scenario mm. type movies. Uh, you know, if, if taken to the extreme, what would happen? And an example of that would be Waterworld. And it's an old film mm. starring Kevin Costner. And there's actually a show in Universal Studios featuring this film. Oh, yeah. So it's the scenario where the, the polar ice caps have totally melted and so there's no more land. Mm -mm. That's why it's water world. The world is <laughs> <laughs> is water. So can you imagine? Like you'll be traveling. It's like you'll be on a cruise 365 <laughs> <laughs> days a year. But the only difference is it's not entertaining. Nobody will be entertaining you. Mm. It will be... Survival, survival of the fittest. The water is ocean, so it's salt water. So even fresh water is difficult to come by, right? Hmm. Yes. You've tried swimming in the ocean for even a short time, and after by your skin feels very dry, right? And then it feels mm. there's this feeling like obviously the sun combined with the salt water is really not healthy for your mm. skin. So can you imagine if that's what you're exposed to all the time? Mm. And no more burger, no more uh, lechon. <laughs> Everything will be seafood. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Yeah, because where would you put the animals? I mean, you could put them in the ships and stuff, but then you would also need to feed them. Mm. But then you don't have greens. Yeah, you need to also grow the grass on the... So it doesn't make sense already, right? So you're right. It's yeah. all seafood. So in, in the film, Waterworld, the highly valuable commodity was dirt which makes mm -hmm. sense right because if you have dirt it means you can grow plant that could eventually feed animals if you have domesticated some pig or sheep or whatever it is mm -hmm. but without dirt no vegetables no greens and potentially no poultry no nothing yeah it's just all seafood which is not a Bad thing. I mean, the worst case scenario is if what if there's no more fish as well? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no that's also possible food. because the water is too warm. Mm, the water so is maybe too warm. a lot of the fish have died. So, what does that become cannibalism? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember the movie, mm. I don't think it was that, but yes, it is a very bleak future if water world comes mm. true. But can you imagine if it's too hot, right? It's like the earth is like a giant pot of sinigang seafood sinigang <laughs> what the? <laughs> because the fish will just die um. they will just float and then you can eat because it's reached boiling point i don't know <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> so you just wake up and then oh what's for breakfast oh again sinigang just go there it's the usual just sinigang. get it from yeah. the outside the boat oh my god and then you just like chop some onions and wait in the first place do you even have no onions? more onions no, so maybe yeah. seaweed or whatever i don't know seaweed yes <laughs> very weird <laughs> 
situation. Crazy. Okay, so another movie that uh, is a dystopian scenario about climate change is Interstellar, mm. starring Matthew McConaughey. So in that movie, when Earth becomes uninhabitable in the future because of climate crisis, a farmer and ex-NASA pilot Joseph Cooper is tasked to pilot a spacecraft along with a team of researchers to find a new planet for humans. But if you think about it, I mean, I don't know, is that the reason why a lot of the multimillionaires now are trying to figure out how to commercialize flying into space? Do you think they're trying to... Do that next to find another planet that will be habitable. Mm, and not necessarily commercial. Like maybe that's a very like first baby step. But I think the person closest to that is Elon Musk, right? Mm, yeah. He's going to Mars. He's trying to look for at least signs in uh, in that planet, something that could support human life. There were a lot of theories how he's gonna do it. Somebody was like, oh, we should nuke Mars. Because mm. right now, as it, at its state, mm. it's not really livable. But at least if you do something to it, add some chemical, perhaps nuking it, it would generate enough gases that would make it oh. like Earth-like. I don't know how viable <laughs> that is, but yeah. Well, wasn't there a movie about, oh, Matt Damon, he went to Mars. Was it The Martian? What is- the Martian, I think. And then, well, yeah, but then it, he made it habitable, but not the entire planet, right? He was in a enclosed bubble and mm. then he grew potatoes. And that was all that they could eat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, if Earth becomes unlivable, then we would need to probably find another planet, which reminds me of the Don't Look Up. Isn't that what those rich people did in at the end of the movie? Mm. Yeah, sorry, this is a spoiler. But the problem is, if you do find a planet, there's no guarantee that it's going to be livable after all, right? Like, it could seem mm. livable, but then, like, there were those brachios. What was it? Brachiosaurus or something? That was there. Yes. <laughs> then that yes, could yes, eat yes. you. And then, no, you're not going to live. And I think also in Interstellar, Matt Damon... Why is Matt Damon in a lot of movies about flying to space? Anyway, Matt Damon's character, which is not the same character as in The Martian, was also there. And he was in this planet mm. and he made it appear as though there was a chance that it could be livable. But actually, he faked the findings or something. I don't mm. really remember. But Yeah, he was desperate. Because it essentially was a one-way trip. Mm. So they were sent to planets that, based on the data, could possibly sustain life. But then when he arrived at his assigned planet, it was impossible. And he was getting desperate. The only way for him to be saved is for him to send data that, hey, Mm. this planet is okay. So he actually faked Mm, a lot of the data. Yeah, so that they would actually come and take him. But then... Nope, mm. it wasn't livable at all. Speaking of Matt Damon, there's another movie about him uh, downsizing. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. That was a weird movie, wasn't it? I mean, it was like it two was movies weird. in one or whatever. Yeah, mm. but anyway, can you tell the listeners about well, it? Well, it's one extreme example of mm. trying to fight back not having enough resources. So the, the plot was the Earth is running out of resource due to climate change and whatnot. So one solution was to actually reduce the physical size of people so that we don't need as much food anymore. Yes, extreme. (laughs) I am not going to do that, by the way. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then this process obviously is no longer reversible. Mm. So once you have been quote unquote downsized, that's your permanent state. So you're shrunk down into a size of Ant Man mm. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So that was weird. Yeah, that was weird, actually, yes. But yeah, that is an extreme, and I don't know. I think of the movies you mentioned, that is probably actually the least feasible, I would think. Right? Like, I mean, <laughs> I can imagine the planets thing, uh, looking for other planets thing, is very far off in the future, but I think it's still possibly doable. But I think shrinking people down to Ant-Man size is not something that I think is really possible, right? Well, who knows? Technology. I just want to briefly discuss the top 10 causes of global warming. And it's from this uh, mm. website called sustainabilitymag.com. So they mentioned that first is oil and gas. Second, deforestation. Third, waste. Fourth, power plants. Fifth, oil drilling. Mm. Sixth, transport and vehicles. Seventh, yeah. consumerism. Eighth is farming. Ninth is industrialization, and tenth is overfishing. So I suppose the next question would be, now that we know what are the causes, mm. what has been done or what actions have been taken to actually counter the potentially irreversible effects of climate change? Now, there's actually a term called Conference of the Parties, or COP, mm-hmm. where kind of the big wigs in uh, developed nations gathered together and made commitments to reduce carbon emissions in their own countries, and it's called the COP. So COP26, COP26, was this year's United Nations conference, Mm. and they made progress. They actually kind of reported their progress in their goals towards carbon net neutrality by 2050. Mm. So that agreement became pivotal in Paris. They call it the Paris Agreement, Mm. where they committed that by 2050, uh, they want to limit global warming to well below 2 degrees. Actually, I don't know what that means. I think it's the temperature, right, of the atmosphere. That means they want to lower the temperature by 2 degrees. Yeah, but if you think about it, the countries that have committed in COP26 are not necessarily the biggest polluters. Oh, right? is it? Well, which countries? So, do you have a list or no? No, so like say, for example, Philippines. How can we make commitments to reduce our net emissions by 2050 if our infrastructure is far behind? Mm. So what, what I'm saying is, even if we have these countries, I mean, it's, it's so noble of them to make those commitments, but it really takes everybody yeah. to commit for this to be successful. Because if it's just a certain number of countries and countries like ours, like Philippines, continue to dump carbon in the atmosphere then it becomes oh, yeah. futile right? but yeah you have a point which reminds mm. me of i think it was 2019 or 2020 mm. i remember there was this huge controversy because of the amazon forest getting burned do you remember that no so the president bolsonaro uh, is the president of brazil i think so anyway the president of france confronted him he confronted bolsonaro saying that you know you should stop the burning of the forests, the Amazon forest, because mm. like they emit a lot of oxygen, right? So like people are saying that Amazon forests are the lungs of the earth. And the reason mm. why this is getting burned is because of the Kaingin system 
like similar to what we have in the Philippines, right? You burn some of the mm. forest to make way for other crops or to mm. raise livestock, that sort of thing. So this is being done because of money, basically, right? So the the problem is that, as you said, the richer countries, they can probably do something, right? But then the poorer countries, they need the money to survive. So even in the Philippines, mm. again, you mentioned, right? It's like the problem with that people that are fighting poverty is they tend to be short-sighted, right? Like, why should I care about the world? I care about myself. I need to eat. I need to feed my children, right? So mm. that's why what's in front of you, that's all that you can see. Like, similar to the, that situation, in the Philippines, the people who are cutting down trees in the forest, they're only seeing the short term, right? That they can sell these logs for money so that they can survive, but they don't see that what they are doing translate to a worse long-term impact, such mm. as increases in erosion and flooding, and yes, climate change. That's mm. why it's hard to make changes, as you said, in, in some countries. They are more concerned well, of the of what's in front of them, which is, I need to survive, I need to eat. <laughs> yeah, I think one way of answering that is also, should there be technologies available already in developed countries, they should make it available to developing countries either at a really cheap rate or at least free, right? Mm. Free of charge. Like they shouldn't be benefiting. Like if somebody has come up with a better way of harnessing geothermal or solar power as a main source of energy, then they should set politics, they should set commerce aside and actually help out developing countries. Yeah. Because right now, I, I would say majority of our energy source in the Philippines is still burning fossil fuel. And it takes billions of dollars of infrastructure to actually change that, convert that to renewable and clean energy. And we do have potential, right? Like, I think it was in Mindanao where there's already kind of a waterfall, the, the energy from the waterfall the is turned falls, into... Right? Was it Maria Cristina? Yeah, I think yeah, that I think sounds it's familiar. Maria Cristina Falls, yes. We should do more of those projects. Yeah, and solar panels and all that. The problem with solar panels is we can capture the sun because it's there, right? But we don't have actually the technology to keep mm. the energy that we store. So it's more about keeping and storing the energy that we get from the sun and use it whenever the sun is not there, so uh, at night. Okay. Hopefully, we have that technology, right? And hopefully, it won't be politically oh, yeah. <laughs> used by other countries to make money out of it. Yeah, but that's a problem which is brilliantly covered, I thought, I thought in Don't Look Up, right? That, okay, you mm. know that it's happening. You know that the comet is coming, but... Because of all the political issues, they were more concerned about those rather than mm. the impending doom, right? And that's reality, mm. isn't it? Remember one of the guys there was like, they were going to shoot down that comet. But then the other guy says, no, we shouldn't shoot it down because the comet has a lot of natural minerals, uh, minerals <laughs> that can be used for making phones. <laughs> like, what the? But isn't it true, though? Because the ones at the top yeah. also, the, somebody pays them to look the other way because these people who pay them are like, you know, they're, for example, let's think of the mines or something, or maybe just logging since we're talking about forest. So they pay off the senator or whoever 
so that they won't vote on a bill that will make logging illegal. You know what I mean? Because they know that they will earn like a million pesos or something from logging. So yeah, the, unfortunately, the reason why humans are the ones who are causing climate change is because humans are selfish. They just tend to just think about themselves, about their personal needs, and they don't really look at the human race as a whole, which I suddenly realized was mentioned in Interstellar. You are just like more concerned mm. with like your own child or your own relatives or whatever. That's a problem. We are not really thinking farther into the future or we are not really thinking on a macro. Is it macro? Am I right? <laughs> Am I right in saying this? Mm, yeah. We are not thinking of the macro impact or on a bigger scale. There's no big picture. Mm. Is the Philippines doing anything for climate change at mm, all? We do have our own climate change initiatives, but it does require a lot of support. Obviously, all of these initiatives take some time and money. <laughs> money is involved. Mm, yeah. And so there are actually companies who are supporting initiatives. So if you think about it, the government in itself cannot actually solve everything. They need partnerships from businesses. I, I don't know how effective that would be. But yeah, there are initiatives in the Philippines that could potentially help us as a country become net neutral by 2050. 2050 is not that far. It's like less than 30 years from now. As for Hong Kong, I looked it up and what Hong Kong is doing is, well, Hong Kong is part of the Paris Agreement. Aside from that, currently two-thirds of Hong Kong's carbon emissions come from electricity generation. So the government has seen to it that the two power companies use cleaner fuel for electricity generation. To further reduce carbon emissions in Hong Kong, the government has been taking the lead in developing renewable energy where technically and financially feasible and has been creating the conditions that are conducive to encouraging the private sector to participate. That similar approach has been taken in Japan. So they have a three-pronged approach. One is promote innovation and technology as the agent of change. So it's always the technology that we're hoping that would help us, right? Because what we have right now I don't think it's enough. It's it's not making enough impact. But once we have the right technology, if we have enough funding to actually pay scientists uh, to, hey, don't lose hope. We'll pay you. We'll fund you. Mm. You know, do some research. Even if it fails, like, do more. Mm. We don't have that in the Philippines, right? Yeah, we have a lot of money in the Philippines. And the second one was to promote green finance. So green finance is like supporting those businesses who have taken the initiative. For example, one company could be issuing green bonds. What's green bonds? Companies actually can raise funds by issuing bonds. And one way for them to promote their green initiative is to issue green bonds. Mm. So they will say, okay, we are undergoing this project. This will potentially convert our factory from a fossil fuel burning factory to a Maria Cristina (laughs) Falls-powered factory and in doing so we need money from investors Mm. so they can do that and governments usually support that as well and lastly if capital is not enough within the country they really need international cooperation so say for example if japan develops a certain technology that would require a certain alloy being created by the philippines and maybe we can create a partnership with japan you provide the brains we provide the alloy Mm. let's do this together so do you think in this scenario that Wakanda should help the world by giving the vibranium yes. to everyone. Mm. 
I, I think Wakanda, if you are listening right now, <laughs> we need your help. What? <laughs> okay, guys, in case you're confused, Wakanda is not real because I just only remembered one of my friends. Or is it? <laughs> one of my friends thought Wakanda is real. I said, no, it's not. It's invented country for, <laughs> for the movie. <laughs> Or is it? Okay. Or is Maybe it? they are hiding. Yeah. yeah. So don't be Wakanda, right? Because mm. Wakanda, sorry, suddenly we're against Wakanda. We're saying is there, you know, they have all this natural resource. The vibranium is their natural resource. And they became very rich because of it, but they never helped out. Mm. They have technology they won't share. At the beginning though, but uh, but the end of Black Panther, they decided to share, right? I think that was the after credit scene, if I remember correctly. But yes. <laughs> So so weird that the lesson is don't be Wakanda, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Taken out of context, it's like, what? Okay, so to end this, we want to say, do look up. And this is in the context again of the movie in case you haven't seen it and don't understand. The reason why it's called Don't Look Up is because there were climate change deniers or in this scenario, not climate change, there were comet deniers or something like they're saying that don't look up because it was very easy to prove that it was real. They just had to look mm. up and see the comet there, right? But they're saying, no, don't look up. It's a hoax. And then mm. they're not doing anything about it. But you can. We are aware that climate change is real. The climate crisis is upon us. Mm. So we should look up. So what can we personally do to help? Mm. It's not just country. It's not just private businesses that needs to do also for us people normal citizens we need to also help save the planet mm-hmm. go planet <laughs> earth <Captain. laughs> he's a hero <laughs> gonna take pollution down to zero <laughs> so there are 10 tips from united nations in how we can help at least reduce carbon emissions mm-hmm. so the number one is save energy at home okay we always take this for granted right but actually the more energy we use, that means the more fossil fuel needs to be burned, especially for countries that don't have green sources of energy, right? So. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. But technology now has become so advanced that at least it helps us save energy, mm-hmm. right? Like you can have automations at home that if nobody's at home, it automatically switch off the lights, switch off AC. Because sometimes if you forget to turn off the AC, yeah, that's really terrible, right? Especially like the whole day it's been on. Uh, I feel so bad if that happens. Yeah. One last item of saving energy at home. Don't use the dryer. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a dryer. Like for me, I don't use it. Oh, really? That's <laughs> Hair dryer. <laughs> oh, hair dryer. <laughs> I thought it's the clothes dryer. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> mm, I'm taking part. Okay, you're taking I'm, part. I've checked this box. Mm. Second is walk, bike, or take public transport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Unless you're driving a Tesla. <laughs> but still. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if public transportation is horrible where you are and, you know, <clears throat> Philippines, <clears throat> you can carpool. Right? Like, try mm. to maybe your neighbor goes in the general vicinity of where you're going. Or better yet, take a bike. Like, of course, it needs infrastructure as in well. In the Philippines, like, it's not going to work. Japan again. <laughs> is generally a very good biking country. Mm. There's like a designated bicycle lanes. Mm. Um, I know most of Europe is as well. Yeah, countries like the Philippines, it 
Yeah, we need more. Mm, yeah, because it's not safe for you to be biking on the main road. And we don't really have like no, bike lanes and whatnot. Not. Yeah. Eat more vegetables. Hmm? Do you know why, why that is? It's because especially cows, actually, they are the main contributors of gases, right? When they burp mm. or when they fart or something. And also, mm. when you want to raise cows, you're going to need a lot of pasture for them to be on. And the, what you feed them also, mm. you need to grow what to feed them, that sort of thing. So it all contributes to the reason why climate change is high. And that's why a lot of vegans actually take up veganism no that's the reason why we need to eat more cows well, that's not <laughs> the case though <laughs> because the reason why cows are raised is because they can feed the people who want to eat the cows but of course i understand i love beef as well this other article i saw earlier is saying that you know you don't need to cut all of them out right like maybe go flexitarian is a term apparently like let's say go meatless monday just commit to okay i will cut down on meat on monday i will not eat meat or at least beef maybe try just chicken or something i don't know mm. it's just monday because if you eat because <laughs> if you have vegetables have vegetables mm. produce oxygen <laughs> they sniff the co2 and give oxygen in return but if you eat vegetables eat more of vegetables and there won't be vegetables anymore to help <laughs> with the CO2 conversion. Um, mm, maybe I'm thinking about this too yes, much. Yes, you are again thinking of it too much. But yes, yeah, so try to cut down on beef when you can. Next is consider your travel. Yeah, airplanes, they kind of burn a lot mm. of fossil fuels. So yeah, the, the lesser you travel, the better. Now Mm-mm. that you talk about that, yeah, we haven't been traveling. In the past two the years, past two obviously, years, so, yeah. yes. So. Check. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay. So the fifth one is throw away less food. So when you throw away food, you're also wasting the resources and energy that we're used to grow. I think we as Filipinos, we're typically okay with this, right? Like yesterday's rice is tomorrow's fried rice. We typically don't throw away food. And we find it like, que horror if we see scenes in movies where they have a food fight or they waste food. Right? Like, even sometimes mm. I see Instagram reels or, you know, those minor scenes where they use food as a joke. Like, for example, mm. they get a piece of bread and put it on their cat or something. I find it like, why would you waste a perfectly good piece of bread? <laughs> you know? That's like, gabaan ka. Right? Okay, so it's my turn, the last five. So, reduce, reuse, repair, and recycle. Oh, wow, I, this is the first time I've seen this in here. It's usually just reduce, reuse, and recycle. But yes, repair, definitely. Mm. Because if, you know, you have a perfectly good, for example, sweater, and there's like a slight tear in mm. it, try to repair it instead of throwing it out and buying something new, right? Because that contributes to less waste. And then change your home mm. source of energy. I don't think this is very doable for a lot of people because, as you said, money is involved here. But if you can... Then you should do it, right? Mm. If, if not home, then... Okay, the next one is actually switch to an electric vehicle. So these two things. Again, it's with energy. So if you can have the option of going with something that has clean energy, do it. And then next is choose eco-friendly products. So I suppose this comes with, let's say, packaging as well. Choose the one that is biodegradable and, you know, don't go for plastic, Right. And one perfect example is uh, bottles of water. I remember last time mm. 
we used to buy a lot of bottles of water mm. at home. So I told Gemma, why don't you buy a Brita filter instead? Mm. You know, because I was like feeling guilty about throwing out so much plastic bottles. So yeah, something as mm. easy as that, right? And speak up. So this is the last one. Speak up, as I said, right? So if you know how to reduce waste or to act, all these items that you mentioned, try not, uh, if you feel like, because as Filipinos, we don't like to be too preachy, right? Like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's very don't, annoying don't be because he's it. like, you know, for example, if you know that eating meat contributes to climate change, right? Like, don't scold everyone, right? Like, I actually admire vegans because I know I cannot do it and I know that they're doing it and it's good. But then some vegans are too annoying because they're too in your face about it. So I think that's try not to be like that, I guess. Like, you know, just, I don't know. It's hard to do, to toe the line. But mm. yeah, don't be too in the face because it's it could backfire as well. But do speak up when you can in a nice way without telling people, oh, you're horrible because you're, you know what I mean? So just try to influence them in small ways without attacking them. Mm. Or instead of taking the tricycle, just walk. It's just less than one kilometer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walk, walking is actually not super common in the Philippines. I just suddenly, you're right. We try take the tricycle mm. everywhere. But I guess you could take the pedicab mm. and that's also okay. As long as it's not in Makati. <laughs> Why? Remember my pedicab incident where... <laughs> oh, the Orokan? Yes. Because pedicabs are not allowed in Makati. <laughs> Main road. <laughs> <laughs> oh no don't get your pedicle driver into trouble yes okay so i think that was the last on the act now so i guess we'll let you speak up cuties mm. so what are you doing to help the environment are you conscious of your energy consumption or what is it that you do have you influenced someone let us know on Instagram at Pananaki Podcast or email us at pananakipodcast at gmail.com. And then we are going to feature that in the next Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it Cutie Minute. Our first cutie is in response to episode 47. What are true petty crimes <laughs> in the Philippines? And this is from. Oh, our dearest Eruragya. And she says, It's true, when you're tired and not in your right mind, at natchempuhan ka ng mga scammers, there's really a big chance that you will be victimized. Mm. I'm speaking based on my not-so-good oh experience via phone call scam. After that incident, it was so weird dahil natulala na lang ako. It's like those in the movies or dramas. Then, when I realized what just happened, I told my husband right away. I also made an incident report remembering all the details of our conversation. We also reported it in the police station near our place. Having experienced that, I can say that it could possibly happen to anyone. Because honestly, I never imagined myself being in that situation. That's why we really need to be more cautious. It was really a lesson learned for me. Ooh, 
baka arudugudugu gang kayo. <laughs> yeah. Nasa number nyo. <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah. That's why we need to have empathy for people who have been scammed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as we mentioned in our Swindler's episode, people were very quick to judge those women mm-hmm. who was the victim of that guy. But you don't know if you were there you you just feel that you wouldn't have fallen prey to him but you don't you really don't know so yeah have yeah. empathy you are really those people who have mastered the technique or the skill of manipulating maybe your emotion or your mental state Mm-mm. and so you become you know susceptible to their scheme so yeah be more aware and if you happen to know of anyone don't judge yeah exactly you're not a judge okay no <laughs> you're not a judge don't judge the book <laughs> wait cover cover the book what <laughs> what all the <laughs> corny <laughs> sayings in the Philippines <laughs> okay so thanks Eraragia so our next thank you um, QD commented on episode 79 Swindlers so it's from Tablia Ren Movement and she said, as always, it was a great episode that totally spoiled me inventing Anna. Oops, sorry. <laughs> well, to be fair, we did have a disclaimer at the start. So, mm. what you said about how victims feel and the psychology of swindlers actually reminds me of religious cults. After all, aren't mm. cults also a kind of swindle? Yeah, she's right. The gurus and other people would make their victims believe that they need to be saved to go to paradise, for example. But they would actually try to steal a lot of money from the believers or even sexually abuse them. And the victims are so indoctrinated that they are not aware of that, while for other people it can be so obvious that it is a cult. It reminds me of a Korean drama called Save Me. It is about a family who ends up being brainwashed in a cult and only the daughter is aware of it and tries to escape it with the help of her friends. This drama permits to see how a normal family ends up being brainwashed over time and that it is not stupid and could happen to anyone depending on the circumstances and events happening in their life so again with the empathy angle right like we are just so quick to judge but you are not there you don't know if it's slow right maybe it's a slow build up and you trust the person then maybe you would really fall under the spell of especially the gurus are usually charismatic leaders right Next thing you know, you're under mm. a cult. So it's very scary, right? Yeah, or maybe you're also in a state where you're so susceptible to this. Maybe something happened in your family. Mm. You're probably experiencing a crisis. And that's why you're looking for somebody to talk to. And then that person happens to be a leader of this cult. And then, you know, mm. you trusted that person. So thank you for this comment. And to everyone else... Can we influence you guys to give us a rating, a five-star rating <laughs> on Spotify or <laughs> Apple Podcasts, right? Yeah, because you've been listening to this episode uh, to this point, right? Yeah. And you must really like us. Yes, and I don't think we are <laughs> swindlers here. We're not swindlers. We're trying to force you to do this. Do it out mm. of your own volition if you really enjoyed this episode, not just the whole podcast, right? If you've just discovered our podcast and binge us one night or whatever then please rate us right because it really does help (laughs) okay all right thank you very much and see you again next week bye bye